Hello, and welcome to the Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Skift Airline Weekly editor, Madhu Christian, and I'm joined today by Patrick White, Skift Travel's Europe editor. Hey, Patrick, how are you? Hey, Madhu, nice to, nice to be back on again. Thanks for joining us again. And, you know, I wanted to talk today about the sort of news that's roiling the European airline industry and get your take on it from being on the ground in the UK. And uh, what I'm what I'm talking about, of course, is uh, Willie Walsh, the chief of International Airlines Group, announcing his retirement recently. Now, back in the day in 2005, six, I remember covering Willie Walsh as he um, as he started to put together IAG and just kind of watching in astonishment and amazement at how he took British Airways from a you know global powerhouse, added several airlines, Iberia, Aer Lingus, of which he used to be the chief, and um, and Vueling among others, and you know created level. It just was it's to- totally reshaped the European airline industry. You know he he's just always been sort of contrarian. You know at the height of sort of the open skies debate in um, Europe and and the U.S. When um, the established carriers were objecting to the Gulf, Persian Gulf Airlines entering their markets, what does Willie Walsh do? IAG takes a, takes an invest from from Qatar. So, you know, he's always defied expectations and just put together a really remarkable company. And I wanted to get a sense from you, as I said, being on the ground in London, um, what Walsh's retirement might mean for um, for the industry in the UK and in Europe. Yeah, as you said, I mean, it's really the end of an era. I mean, he's got a fearsome reputation um, for how he runs an airline and he built IAG pretty much. He started off his life as a pilot at Aer Lingus and then eventually became chief executive there. I mean, there's there's plenty of legends about him, but his retirement, um, it means a lot. I mean, he's he's leaving, but his they've already announced his successor, which is the CEO of Iberia. Who's taking on the, the top role at IAG, which again um, causing some kind of questioning over here. Being in London, people are asking why Alex Cruz maybe hasn't been given that job and what it means for him and what it means for BA, which was kind of the dominant partner in IAG, some would say, but now maybe the Spanish are kind of taking control, especially with the proposed acquisition of Air Europa. That's another Spanish uh, carrier that's been added to the IAG business. And what does that mean going forward when that completes? Um, it's going to be really interesting over the next couple of years what happens after Walsh leaves later this year. That's actually a really good point. Let's pause there for a second. I mean, by some counts, IAG will have at least three airlines in Spain. Um, and if you include things like Iberia's affiliates and um, Level, which is actually based in Barcelona, that could be, you know, I think it's, we said at Airline Weekly that it was five airlines that have AOCs in, in Spain. So do you see sort of uh, IAG's shift away from BA's dominance to sort of a Spanish conglomerate? I mean, I guess um, partly that might be down to Brexit, um, moving the, um, the kind of focus away from the UK um, after we leave the EU maybe makes sense. But there's a lot of airlines there, and I'm not sure. Um, I think they've committed to keeping A Europa as a brand for a certain amount of time, but whether that will eventually be subsumed into a wide Iberia or Welling um, uh, business, I'm not sure. But yeah, it does seem to be very Spanish oriented. And, and BA has its own problems. You know, they've got they've had tech issues. They've had a um, a long backlash from customers as they've tried to kind of cut costs and how that's come into conflict with what people are used to with flying BA. Alex Cruz has got a big job in his hands um, still. So yeah, I mean, let's actually back up to something you you said earlier. I mean, the, you said. 
sentiment on the ground in the UK is 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 questioning or puzzled by why um, Alex Cruz got passed over for the job. Is there any other uh, backlash that you're seeing there? I think it's, you know, it, it, the case in Europe, it's always there's a European Union, but there's lots of different countries. And even when there's um, tie ups, it's always very parochial. Um, British newspapers, British commentators probably want to see British Airways and British Airways chief executive uh, in, a, in a prominent role. And how that will change when the uh, the Iberia CEO takes over, um, it, it's kind of maybe a blow to the, the British ego a bit, maybe. Um, uh, that's all I can see at the moment, really. Well, what could you tell us about uh, Iberia's chief, the um, the man who'll be taking over IAG? Well, Iberia has had its own problems, but they've done a good job reforming and, and re, um, re-energizing the business over there. And maybe the idea is that because that job is now complete, perhaps they um, the top man can move on to the job at IAG. Maybe the idea is that BA still has some um, improvements to make and there's still a lot of big job there. So that's why... Alex Cruz, without knowing any insider knowledge on this, maybe that's why Alex Cruz is kind of staying where he is, um, if he does indeed stay there. That, that's really interesting, Patty. Uh, Willie Walsh has sort of been an outsized figure in the airline industry. How is the UK press reacting to his departure? It's huge. I mean, I suppose the airline industry does attract some quite, uh, a lot of mavericks, you know, fellow Irishman Michael O'Leary, they both, they have a very kind of joking relationship between the two of them. Um, and I guess they probably maybe get on behind the scenes, whereas in public they play out this kind of brash persona. But yeah, with Willie Walsh leading, although there's there's talk, I mean he's he's retiring from IAG, but there's I've seen a couple of press articles in the UK suggesting suggesting he might um, or, or linking him with Emirates, which would be a very left field move, and even Boeing, which seems completely crazy. But um, whether this is just idle chatter and kind of filling, looking to fill um, CEO spots, but uh, who knows whether he'll continue. Um, what he'll do when he retires from IAG, will he seek another um, CEO role or will he go to more non-executive um, biz, uh, roles? Yeah, well, I'll, I'm going to add a little grist to that uh, gossip mill. I've been hearing rumors that uh, IATA has been considering him for its next director general as well. So it looks like he does have, uh, he, he, will, he won't want for opportunities. Uh, but I also, you know, I also wanted to touch on something that uh, uh, you'd mentioned earlier when we were talking about this call, uh, and that that is there were some suggestions in the British press that um, that Willie Walsh may have been involved in an inappropriate relationship at work. Uh, do you think that has any bearing on his retirement or, or the timing of his retirement, or is it just the British press being the British press? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. The story was from a very well-respected uh, journalist at a very well-respected paper, the Sunday Times of London. Um, the business section there is known for getting scoops. I haven't seen anything else about it, but I mean, he was always retiring. Uh, he suggested last year he would go within two years, so this may be a bit sooner than maybe people thought, but it was always in the plan. So I'm not sure exactly how that fits in, um, fits into things or whether or what's really gone on behind the scenes. He's leaving, I think, later this year, so it's within uh, within six, seven, eight months of him announcing it. So it does seem like it's part of his plan, I would say. Well, retirement is part of well, his it was plan. Always, he was always talking about retiring. And it, I mean, the timing is always, people always debate about whether you know they want him to go sooner or later. But um, he's always talked about it, and especially retiring from IAG, he's always talked about that. So it, it makes sense. It's not, it's not a complete shock. And some people, I saw some reports saying it was a, it was a massive shock, and um, not really. It was always it was on the cards ever since he made uh, that announcement back in I think November last year, or maybe even before that, about him his intention to step down sooner rather than later. Interesting. Okay. 
Well, uh, I wanted to also now just shift gears a little bit about some other UK um, airline news, and that is that uh, Flybe, which was purchased last year by a um, consortium including Virgin, um, is uh, is in trouble. Uh, could you could you tell us what's going on there? Yeah, I guess I, I better give some context here. So Europe, um, even though there's one big aviation market brought about by the European Union. There's still a legacy of smaller carriers in countries um, across Europe, which um, consolidation hasn't quite reached yet. And Flybe is one of these airlines. So they're, they're a very small airline flying domestic routes in the UK and also some uh, short-haul routes into Europe using turboprop jets, so small small planes um, connecting airports, which are very small. And um, it's been struggling financially for a number of years now. But last year, a consortium led, oh, or not led by, but including uh, Virgin, and um, Stobart, which is another British aviation company, purchased it. Um, and there was talk about, you know, a bright future and great things lay ahead. And then a year later, it's it's reportedly close to um, uh, going under again. And uh, the British government this time in the past with Monarch and Thomas Cook, it's kind of stood back. But this time, for whatever reason, it's wanted to get involved. And we're not sure exactly what's happened, but they've given some assurances and the airline is, is still operating uh, today. Now that's interesting. You know, I saw uh, you tweeted out that uh, something to that effect that uh, questioning why the the British government did not step in with the Thomas Cook bankruptcy, but is with Flybe. Do you have any? Um, can you speculate a little as why that is and um, how Thomas Cook, former Thomas Cook employees, are feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, I guess the you know you could argue that because Thomas Cook and Monarch before it were um, leisure airlines taking people on vacation. The government could just stand back and say, "Okay, they um, that, that that gap will be filled by other carriers," and to a certain extent, it has been filled by other airlines. Flybe is more um, more important, I guess. They would argue that it's taking people who um, from islands in in the UK or to airports that aren't normally served by other carriers and, and providing more of a service. But uh, it's just difficult. That's is difficult. With it doesn't sit well with. The, the new ownership and you know kind of effectively giving a bailing out or helping a company owned by very rich people it just doesn't kind of sit right and I guess the politics of it has changed so if you look at the the election that happened in December there was a lot of promises made by the Conservative Party about rebalancing the UK economy and making making the region stronger and Flybe would play a part in that so it, politically it makes sense to to back it because that's the government's policy making a region stronger and if the government let it fail or let it collapse. It would look bad on them, so I think maybe politics has has won this time. Uh, interesting. And uh, what what's been the reaction that the British press about this? Um, uh, it's been a mixed reaction. A lot of people are, uh, are happy that a company's been saved, jobs have been saved. That's great. But there has been some kickback and some blowback from um, people who are calling it hypocritical that the government didn't help before and and has said before that it wouldn't mm. want to get involved with a private company. And also from environmentalists, because a lot of these routes um, have alternatives. You can take the train on some of them. And for short haul and domestic hmm. um, aviation, the environmental aspect is um, is really big. And there's a lot of criticism that why why save this when we should be looking to cut aviation, or at least prioritize um, routes, longer haul routes, I guess, maybe, or that kind of thing. It's it's difficult, more difficult with, avi- with domestic and, and short haul aviation, I think. Got it. Okay, and uh, what does this mean for plans to re did it, did it to rebrand Flybe as Virgin Connect? That I've, I'm, I gather that's still on the cards. I don't think um, 
I'm not sure how long the Flyby name is going to stick around for, and maybe this will help it because they'll be able to rebrand and say, you know, that's the old company, old struggles, and here's a shiny new version or whatever they want to call it, plane. You know, it's it's a different company, which will probably help them in the long term. But I'm guessing in a, in a year's time, maybe two years' time, they might be back in trouble again potentially because of the various things, you know, the uh, price of oil, the economy, all these things. It's a very difficult business to make a profit in. Right. And uh, OK, I can't I can't let you off the air without asking you about Brexit. And uh, sorry, Patty, and the uh, and the recent UK election a couple months ago, uh, just really quickly. I mean, how how do all these things play? You know, like the, the rescue of Flybe, the IAG's change in leadership, the shift to Spain and, and Brexit. I mean, what what, have you, what do you think the next year will mean for aviation in it's kind of ironic Britain. really because flyby and the rescue by government was supposed to be not allowed under the um under the european union and was one of the reasons why we're leaving or one of the people who people who wanted brexit were saying we could we could intervene more with companies if we weren't in the eu so it's kind of ironic that it's happened before we've actually left and i've just seen news that iag has complained to the european union about potential state aid um, violations um so i'm not sure how that's going to play out but yeah we the uk is leaving on the 31st of january officially the election in December kind of um, sealed the deal, and a lot of the kind of protest and the uh, complaining and the arguments has kind of fallen away now. And people are just on both sides are just accepting and kind of looking ahead to what's going to happen from January thirty first and and from the end of the year when the transition period, which is where we mirror the EU rules, that comes to an end at the end of this year supposedly. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting year again in in Brexit and in the UK. Yeah, well, to say the least, right? Well, Patty, thanks so much for joining us on the Airline Weekly podcast. And uh, per usual, if any of you have any feedback on this podcast or any of the others, you can contact me at mu at skiff.com. Thank you.